Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 31 of the Inspire to Engage podcast. This episode is titled, Using Your Elevator Pitch to Make Inquiry Calls. It's really come to my attention over the last, I would say, six months that I don't know enough about sales. I spend a lot of time, and probably you, thinking about the marketing, thinking about how do I get someone interested in what it is that I do. But many of us don't spend time thinking about the process from taking them from being interested to actually purchasing. So that's how this episode came about. Let me give you just a little bit of background. My good friend, Gary Ann, is a co-owner with Sarah Day of Micro Weddings Virginia. And what they're receiving is a lot of inquiries about Micro Weddings Virginia. Obviously, it's based in Virginia. And what Micro Weddings is, is between an elopement and an actual big wedding. So Micro Weddings Virginia, they handle the flower arrangements, the catering, having a DJ there. They basically do all of the details, the things that just wear you out. Guess what? It's handled for you. But it's a really nice wedding at a very fancy venue. And what the couple couples are doing is basically taking the expense of a really large wedding and dividing it among four couples. Now, it doesn't mean that they all get married at the same time. It means the exact opposite. In fact, each couple has their own designated time frame at the venue that day. So that would be their wedding time. What I'm trying to say is it's a beautiful location with the finest wedding, the finest photography, all of the finest planning because what you have to know is that Sarah Day is a wedding planner and Gary Ann is a wedding photographer. So these two business partners know a lot about the wedding industry. And what they're hearing from a lot of people is that they want the really nice weddings but they don't want the cost and they don't want to plan all the details. So hence, Micro Weddings Virginia was born. Now, Gary Ann and Sarah are getting a lot of inquiries. They're getting people onto their site and then filling out a quick inquiry form. But once they start their emails to these potential clients, so that so their inquiry form then triggers a series of emails they're not getting a lot of those potential clients to sign up for a free consultation i'm telling you all that to say this is why this episode came about because this is very common not just in the wedding industry but if you are a fitness coach if you're like me and you coach people as far as copywriting or business aspects, it happens in photography when you someone lands on your site and they say that they're interested in setting up an 
an appointment with you. They fill out the information, but then it goes nowhere. You reach out by email and you hear nothing from them. This also happens with creators who have wholesale accounts. Store owners will hit the, you know, land on their website, click that they are interested, and then the creator contacts them and nothing happens. So what we're doing is we're delving into the sales process. Something is not going right. So I reached out to my good friend, Sarah Mae Dickinson. You've heard me talk about her a lot on this podcast. Uh, She is SMD coaching out of Decatur, Alabama, and she's a sales coach. She is talking about the fact, how do we close that gap from someone inquiring, they're interested in us, to actually making a sale. Now, in our case with Micro Weddings Virginia, we're not even asking for a sale. We want to get them on the calendar for a consultation because I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Most of the time, if we can get people either face-to-face, which that's not happening a lot right now due to COVID-19, and that's okay because we can save ourselves time by getting them on Zoom. We don't actually have to leave our house or get them on the phone for an extended period of time. If we can do that, if we can spend more time with somebody, make our business and ourselves come to life, which means we actually have to use our voice, use our face possibly on Zoom or in person, then we are going to sell our services and products much quicker and at a faster rate. So that's what Micro Weddings Virginia, that's what Gary Ann and Sarah Day want to happen. They want to take the inquiry and actually get them to schedule a consultation because they know if they can show them exactly what it is that they do, then they will most likely book those clients. But I told you already, we're having a problem and they're not the only ones. This is very common from the inquiry to actually getting on the calendar for consultation. So that's when I reached out to Sarah and I talked to her about the situation and she gave me a lot of great advice before we went live on Instagram. I invited Gary Ann and Sarah Day to go live with me on Instagram. And so I am now taking our conversation that was on Instagram live and I have also saved it to my IGTV. So you can go there as well and find it if you want to see the video. But what I've done is I've taken that conversation and I've condensed it for you to listen to today, just for me to kind of talk you through what it was that we decided. So here are some of the things that we did. Okay, first thing up, we decided on a layering approach. So what that means is, of course, we still need to send our emails we know that some people are just not going to answer their phone or return any phone calls. And we understand that. But we also are realizing that an email is not just enough. Some people aren't responding to those emails as well. Now, I know what you were probably thinking because I was thinking the same thing. Phone calls feel very intrusive. They feel invasive. Because I don't particularly like receiving phone calls either. But I want you to remember the difference here. This is not a cold call. These people 
who have landed on our website and filled out a form, an inquiry form for either our jewelry or our wedding services or our coaching services or photography services or to meet and talk about a car that we're selling, whatever it is that we do. We are talking about inquiry calls here. These people have actually shown interest us in, in interest in us already. And we're working to close the deal. We're working on the sales side now. So this is not a cold call. These people have shown interest. But the layering approach by using phone calls and emails, that is going to ensure that we are contacting people in the way that they feel most comfortable and that we're staying top of mind. Because let's also be very honest with ourselves. How many times have we been very interested in something? Maybe it's the middle of the night and we remember that we have not done fall pictures with our family in three years. Why it hits us at 10 p.m., we don't know, but that's when we thought about it. So we immediately start scrolling the, the Googles and looking for a local photographer and we find two or three that we're interested in and of course we hit the inquiry form and we finally can fall asleep about midnight because we think we have that handled we wake up the next morning and it's time to get to work and we're serving breakfast we're grabbing coffee we're uh, washing our hair if we've got a zoom call or we're actually going into the office that day whatever there's a thousand things going on and we have forgotten about our frenzied search last night for wedding photographers in the local area. That's how a lot of us come about finding people that we want to do business with, is that the need is urgent at the time, and it's still urgent. It's urgent. We, we want to handle that. We want those photos. But something else in our lives comes up and is more important at the time. So we forget about the inquiry form that we filled out or when that email lands in our box and it's from so-and-so photography, we don't even, it doesn't even dawn on us at the time. We're so busy scrolling through and looking for another email that our best friend sent us with a recipe that we need right then. I give that to say, this is why the layering approach may be helpful in your business. Because we know that emails get lost. We know that people search when they need something right then. And then sometimes it leaves their mind. It's just not as important later on. And so they forget to follow up themselves. So by layering, by sending emails and phone calls, making phone calls, we are staying top of mind. We're at least doing our due diligence to get back with them. Now, I don't mean you turn into a pest. By no means do I mean that. I mean that you set a series of calls and emails, what you plan to do. And then if you get no interest whatsoever, okay, you've done your part. So the first thing that we decided, and I would encourage you, if you're having the same problem, problem, going from inquiry to actually scheduling a consultation or going from inquiry to actually buying from you or booking with you is to try the layering approach. That was our first decision. Now, second, if we're being brutally honest here, most of us break out in hives at the thought of calling somebody. 
I know me saying that out loud right now, I have started sweating. I'm not suggesting the layering, the layering approach because I'm good at phone calls. I'm not. Phone calls scare me to death. But I want myself and I want my clients to make sales. And I know, and I also know from working with my friend Sarah Mae Dickinson, that the laying approach does work. It does keep you top of mind. So let's get back to our fear of making phone calls. That's when knowing your elevator pitch, getting very clear about that, and writing a script, a phone script, is super important. In fact, it's vital. I want to take time right now and let's talk about what your phone script may look like. So obviously the first step is that you are going to introduce yourself and remind them of why you're calling. Don't worry, I'll give an example at the end. The second step is to ask a question or two that brings to mind why they initiated the inquiry form to begin with. So as my friend Sarah Mae Dickinson says, those questions are leading questions. They're questions that you already know the answer to, that you hope the answer is yes. Basically, you're asking, are you still interested? But you do it with a little bit more building a picture in their mind of what they can get by saying yes. So You first introduce yourself and where you're from. Second, you have a question or two or three that you as the caller already know the answer to and you're hoping they say yes. This is an important section because honestly, if they say no at this point, then there's really no reason to go on with a phone call. You just say, okay, well, you know, I'm glad things work out or hey, if you change your mind and you're interested interested in this service again, call me, call me back or email me. So first part, introduce yourself. Second part, leading questions. And then the third part is where you give that elevator pitch. Now, remember it's a phone call and we're really wanting to keep it brief. So this is really only two or three sentences. And that's where you make sure that the problem that you solve is there in plain spot in plain sight. Well, obviously we're talking about in plain English here because they're listening to you. It's on the phone or in a voicemail. I'll talk about that in a second. So in your elevator pitch, you make sure that your, the problem that they're experiencing is well known and then how you solve it is right there for them to hear. And then the five, the fourth and fifth piece Fourth piece is that you get them on the calendar right there on that phone call. So if they answer and you're talking to them, you get them on the calendar right then. Don't hang up the phone. Don't end by saying something like, okay, well, I'm going to send you an email here in a few minutes. Please pick your best time. No, you want to make this as easy as possible. And I like how Sarah Mae says this. It's about assuming the sale. If you've gotten this far in the conversation, you go on and assume that they are there for the consultation. We'll talk about that in a second with an example. And then the fifth thing is be sure to ask them for their best email. And are they okay with text messages? 
sometimes people don't really want to talk on the phone any further. They just want to get on your calendar. They don't care. They're perfectly fine with you sending them a text message to remind them. So the final thing before you get off the phone and before you say bye and hope you have a wonderful day is to ask what their best email is and are they okay with getting text messages? Now, let's look at an example of what this phone call script may sound like. Oh, and don't laugh, I'm doing this example solo here. I did consider bringing in one of my boys to help me, but it could turn into a clown show. So here we go. Hello, so glad you answered. My name is Keisha from Get Fit Girl. You recently landed on my website and filled out an inquiry form about me being your fitness coach. Are you still interested in feeling better, more energized, all still within living your busy life? Okay, I thought so. Are you still interested in learning how you can eat well and feel good while still keeping up with your children and your job? Okay, great. Well, listen, at Get Fit Girl, what I do is I meet with you one-on-one. It can be even over Zoom, obviously, and we get very clear about your medical background, your dietary needs, how much time you have in your life right now to get fit, to stick to a program, and then from there, I build out a program that's going to keep you healthy. It's going to create a level of fitness in your life that has really been a struggle for you right now. I would love to get you on a consultation call. I offer free 20-minute consultation calls. I do those on Tuesday nights from 5 to 7 p.m. and Saturday mornings from 9.30 to 12.30. Which one of those days would be better for you, Tuesday night after work or Saturday morning? from 9.30 to 12.30. Okay, great. I got, I have you down for Saturday morning at 10.30 this upcoming Saturday. Now, before I get you off of the phone, I would like to ask, what is your best email? Okay. And lastly, do you like text messages? Because I can send you a text reminder about our Saturday free consultation. Okay, great. Well, listen, I hope you have a wonderful day and I'm looking forward to talking to you on Saturday about what it is that Get Fit Girl offers for clients like you. Okay, have a good one. Bye. Okay, it's me again, Rachel, and not Keisha from Get Fit Girl. Now, like I said, that conversation is probably a little embarrassing for me to be putting over uh, the radio waves, the podcast uh, waves, but it is what it is because I wanted you to hear an example. Let me talk you through what I did very quickly. I first reminded the person on the other end of the phone who I was and that they had landed on my website and actually filled out an inquiry form. Then I set up the conversation with two quick questions that were still painting a picture for the person who answered the phone call. So we'll call her the inquirer, the person who inquired. We, I wanted to paint that picture of, are you looking for a coach that can help you get fit inside your very busy life? And are you looking for help 
with eating right inside your busy life? Now, of course, I set those questions up so that they were yes questions. Something like, are you still interested in a coach that's going to help you get fit and fit it into your busy life? Well, by saying it like that, it's simply a yes or no question. If they want to go on a little further and explain, well, that's fine. That's your personal preference. We remember that this phone call is not meant to be the actual consultation unless you do, if you do several of these and realize that many of your clients are really just ready to book. But this call that I modeled for you, the end goal was to get them on a consultation calendar. Now, something I learned from Sarah Mae Dickinson, I'm giving her a ton of credit here because I'm not a sales coach. I'm a copywriter and so I can help write the copy of your phone script. But the tips and tricks, the mindset, that comes from sales from a sales coach like Sarah Mae Dickinson. And so I just have to give credit where it is deserved here. She also talks to us about assuming the sale. So notice that in that example, I didn't say, hey, is it all right if I get you on a call, on a consultation call? I just went right on with, hey, I offer consultations on Tuesday nights and Saturdays. What day is best for you? Now, I know exactly what some of you guys are thinking because I would be thinking the exact same thing. Jeez, isn't that pushy? And it may be. And it may not be. Sometimes it's all in the sound of your voice. And if you're being very earnest. And the other thing I don't want to remind you is that this person did take time to fill out an inquiry form. So at some point, it may have been midnight when they were exhausted and lost all hope and desperate. But they did fill out an inquiry form showing that they are interest, they are, I'm sorry, that they are interested. So you as the business owner are following up. Now, then I ended, oh, let me go back and say this, something else. Once I had the series of questions that led into my elevator pitch, hey, you know, at Get Fit Girl, what I do is I consult with you one-on-one. We create a program that's based around your medical needs, your dietary needs, and that's going to help you get fit, but do it in a healthy, manageable way. So that was my elevator pitch to her. And then I went right into getting her on the consultation calendar. And then I ended with, checking logistics, checking about a good email, and if text messaging is appropriate. Okay, I started this podcast episode talking about my good friends who own Micro Weddings Virginia, and we went live a a week ago. This is September 2020, and we talked about the phone script. What are they going to do when they call somebody who has filled out an inquiry form on their site. Now remember, they're layering, so they're still sending emails as well. So you may be interested to hear the phone script that we created. It went something like this. Hey, this is Gary Ann from Micro Weddings, Virginia. You or your other half filled out an inquiry form on our website. And so we're following up. 
I assume that you love the idea of having your closest friends and family with you on your wedding day and you're looking for something between an elopement and a huge wedding. Okay, good. Also, we serve couples who want an elegant wedding, but they don't want to spend their time and energy planning every single detail. Does that sound like something you and your other half want? You want something beautiful, but not too much work on your part? Okay, that's great because here at Micro Weddings Virginia, we simplify the backdrop. We handle all of the background stuff so that you and your partner can focus on that day and you can enjoy it stress-free, surrounded by the people that you love the most. We want to get you on our consultation calendar so that we can tell you more about it. We do consultations on Wednesday nights from 5 to 7 and Saturday mornings from 10.30 to 1.30. Which of those would be better for you as a couple, Wednesday night or Saturday midday? Okay, great. So I'm going to write you down for Saturday at 10.30. Now, before I get off the phone with you, what is your best email? Okay, excellent, because we'll be sending a confirmation. And are text messages okay? Okay, not a problem. We won't send text messages. Well, thank you so much for this quick call. I cannot wait to talk longer with you um, on Saturday at 10.30. Okay, have a great day. Bye. As with the other pretend phone call, please don't laugh. I know that you probably are. But anyway, that is the phone script that Sarah Day and Gary Ann, the co-owners of Micro Weddings Virginia, and I, and along with our help from sales coach Sarah Dickinson, that is a phone script that we came up with because we started with reminding them while we're, while, while we're even calling them. And then we went into a series of questions. We asked two questions that the questions help to still paint a very clear picture about what it is that we do, but we asked them in a way that we already know the answer. Hopefully the answer is going to be yes. Once again, if they say no, then that lets us know that they have moved on. They're no longer looking for that. And that is fine. That's not personal. They, that actually saves us time. And then we went into the elevator pitch about exactly what it is that Micro Weddings Virginia does. It solves the problem of all of the stress that goes into planning a wedding. It takes that away. And it also allows you to have a beautiful wedding. It looks elegant, but it doesn't cost the size of a huge wedding. So it's between an elopement and a large wedding. We were very clear about that in the elevator pitch. Notice on the phone, an elevator pitch is only going to be two or three sentences. And honestly, that's really what it should be. And we're going to come back to that in just a second. And then I ended the phone call by clarifying what is the best email address to contact them. Hey, you and I both know that when we have filled out forms in the past to get a free download or an inquiry form because maybe it's midnight and we're desperate, but we don't know if this is exactly the route we want to go. We know that we have put our oldest email there. So if in these series of questions, they have said yes, that they're interested and we've gotten all the way down to the elevator pitch and we're about to book them for a free consultation, you better believe this is the time that we need to ask what is their best email address. We do not want the one that was created when they were 
I don't know, 17 years old. And then I did ask if text messages were appropriate. I pretended that this person said, no, that's fine. We'll make sure to make notes that we will not contact them through text messages. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about someone not answering the phone. And we know that that is going to happen. People are not going to answer numbers that they don't recognize. And so what you do is you leave this script as a voicemail. Now, you want it to sound natural, so probably leaving out those leading questions makes the most sense because it is going to sound weird for you to leave questions in there with a pause. Hey, are you still looking for a fitness coach that's going to help you get fit inside your busy life? Pause. Okay, probably not. That sounds very salesy on a voicemail. It doesn't quite so, sound so salesy in a in a actual conversation where you can pause, where you can use inflection um, to tell your message, to get the vibe across. So what I'm trying to say, if the person doesn't answer, have a voicemail script as well. And really what that's going to be is the intro where you are introducing yourself and reminding them that they have filled out an inquiry form on a, and on what website it was. Then you give your elevator pitch and then you tell them when you offer free consultations and that you will be calling and emailing them again to book that consultation. That's really what your voicemail is going to sound like. Now, I've spent time talking about what your phone script for an inquiry sounds like. I want to make another point or two. This work that you do on a phone script can also be applied to emails that you send. Second of all, nailing down your elevator pitch to something that fits inside a voicemail or a quick phone call, a two or three minute phone call is ideal that means that you are really getting clear about what it is you do. So let's talk about that elevator pitch for just a second. There's lots of great articles out there on how to write an elevator pitch. There's fantastic videos on YouTube as well. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I've talked a lot about an elevator pitch. The title of this episode even has elevator pitch in it. So I do need to talk for just a moment about it. Your elevator pitch should state the problem that you help solve. So for my example with Get Fit Girl, what the problem that she solves is to help women get fit inside their busy life. The problem is being too busy to get fit. So what problem does she solve is that she helps you get fit inside a busy life. For Micro Weddings Virginia, it is stressful. The problem they solve is taking away the stress of having a beautiful wedding and also making it budget friendly. So in the elevator pitch, we have to be sure to mention what that problem is and how we solve it. So for me, I'm a copywriter. So my elevator pitch goes something like this. Hey, I'm Rachel Eubanks, and I own Inspire to Engage. I'm a copywriter that helps small business owners get very clear about who it is that they serve and how they serve them. 
That way, their messaging is straight to the point. It talks to the heart of what their clients need and want. Okay, so there's a quick elevator pitch for me. I took the problem that oftentimes business owners struggle to write clear messaging, and I talk about how I solve it. I help them get clear in their heads. I help business owners get clear in their heads about who it is that they serve and how they serve them. So if you have not written your elevator pitch in two to four sentences, I really want to challenge you to do that. It takes some time and practice. And that's what I'm going to say. It just takes some time and practice so that you can say it fluently without stumbling And I will tell you that sometimes your elevator pitch changes if you have multiple ideal clients. So if you serve B2B in certain parts of your business, well, then your elevator pitch needs to be appropriate for when you go meet other big business owners and you're serving them versus if part of your business serves B to C, then your elevator pitch may sound just a little different. Practice your elevator pitch if you have not. Okay, I'm going to conclude this, the main portion of this podcast episode by talking about practicing. Now, I was adamant about writing a script. And I cannot say that enough especially for those of us that the idea of getting on the phone with somebody makes us immediately pop out with sweat bullets, then please, writing a script is one of the best steps you can take. It's because there is so much clarification that happens from your brain to the computer or your pen or pencil. What it does is it causes you to have to get clear about what it is that you intend to say. So let me say that again. One way to practice a phone script is by actually writing it out. Don't just assume you're going to have it in your head. No, write it down. Type it out or put it on a sheet of paper. The clarification that you will get from your head, from your brain, from what you think you're going to say to actually on a sheet of paper on your computer screen is amazing. And it will take a little time. It is a form of messaging. But like I said earlier in this podcast, any time that you take minutes to get clear about your messaging is not time wasted because then you're just going to use that in an email or on a social media post or on a podcast episode like me. It's not wasted time. I promise you that. So you're not creating just a phone script. You're also creating messaging that you can use later in other things. Writing a ph- Practicing means to write a script. And second of all, it means to really go through some phone calls. Get with your husband. Get with your best friend. Get with a sales coach. And go through that conversation. Have them play different roles. Somebody who is upset and angry that you've had the audacity to call, even though you're kind of surprised, like, don't answer it then. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But have them play different roles. Someone who is super excited to talk to you. Someone who maybe goes on and on and on. And you look down and realize you've been on the phone for 10 minutes. How can you steer the conversation back to your script? Practice that. Once again, practice somebody who is upset at you for calling. 
Talk to someone who is just indifferent. Have your best friends or other small business owners go through that process with you so that when you actually get somebody to answer the phone, it's not so frightening and it's not your first time. That may be like your 20th call because you have practiced 19 times prior to that. Now, this episode is coming to a close. So I just want to give you a quick review of using your elevator pitch inside inquiry calls. Number one, layering. This is just a type of, this is just another way of contacting someone who is interested in doing business with you. Now, be mindful that on your inquiry form, you should have phone numbers. Sometimes you have to add that to the form. And this doesn't mean that you're not sending emails. In fact, if phone calls scare you, send the first email or two. Let that automation run. And then if you're still not hearing back, institute the phone call. It is about layering. It's about finding what's the best way to contact that client or customer. And if you, after a series of emails and after several phone calls and voicemails being left, you still can't get a hold of them, well, you've done your best. Number two, be sure that you create a script. It definitely starts with an intro and how you came about having their phone number and reminding them that they filled out the inquiry form going into a series of questions that's helping to paint a picture, but you already know the answer. You're hoping the answer is yes, so that you can continue into that script. And then you're going to land in the middle with your elevator pitch, the problem that you solve and how you solve it. And then you're going into that fourth part where you are getting them on the consultation calendar. And remember, already have two or three days set up, ready to offer them times. The point of getting them on the phone is to make that transaction easy. So if you say, okay, I'm going to send you an email and you choose your time, that is one more step that they may or may not take. Remember, they're super busy. They're taking care of toddlers. They're taking care of aged parents. They're running back and forth to work, doing their grocery pickup. So If you have them on the phone, make it for them as easy as possible. And then be sure to conclude by getting the best way to contact them. What is their best email? And are they open to text messages from you? And of course, wishing them well and reminding them that you can't wait to talk. Fill in the blank whenever. And the last big piece of advice that I would give you and myself is to practice. Make sure that you have that script written out somewhere and that it is also voicemail appropriate, meaning that you can whittle it down to what would you leave for someone on a voicemail and make sure that you actually get on the phone with some other people in your life that love you and adore you and will play along with that. They will play different roles. I think that going through that takes away a lot of the awkwardness for when you actually get somebody on the phone. Now, for those of us that really battle the salesy approach of how this may feel like we're being intrusive, the thing that I would remind you is that this person contacted you first. 
Your website was just sitting there minding its own business, but you offer something that they wanted. Okay, so they sought you out and have followed have followed up enough with an inquiry form. Second of all, you're in business. You are in sales. You have every right to try to sell your product. That doesn't mean that you do it in a sleazy way. It doesn't mean that you don't take no for an answer. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means that you're in business and you're here to make money. So you have every right to make those phone calls. If they tell you no, oh, well, that's fine. Move, move on. I'm not saying stalk them and, and be mean and ugly. That's the worst thing you could do for your business. And number three, you're in business to serve people and, earn, and earnestly. If you are great at weddings, if you're great at photography, if you are great at fitness and helping people feel good about themselves, fill in the blank, whatever service or product that you offer. Well, it the least that you can do is to reach out a couple of more times and try to serve that person well. So if it feels salesy to you, those are three things I want you to consider as you go about writing this phone script and practicing these phone calls. Okay, I'm about to wrap this thing up. If you have enjoyed this podcast episode at all, please rate or review this podcast. You as a business owner know the value in that. Also, if you want to follow along with me, Instagram is where you'll find me the most. I'm at inspire to engage, lowercase and no spaces. And the word two is T-O. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode or you have questions about this particular episode, send me an email at rachel at inspire to engage. And the last thing, if you know that you're not quite clear about who it is that you serve in your business, I have a short online course called Creating an Ideal Customer Story. It helps you paint a very real picture of the person that you serve of why they choose you over all the other businesses that they could choose and what are some of their underlying reasons for wanting your product. So if that sounds like something you need, head to my site, inspire to engage forward slash online course, inspire to engage forward slash online course. Okay. Have a great week. Talk soon. Bye.